Ramble. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Bada bing, bada boom. Some people say the Cinderella Castle at Disneyland is haunted. I'm not saying that just because Disney has a very intense legal team, but some people have said it, and they think it goes against everything that Disney stands for. Apparently back then, you could tour this supposedly haunted dungeon underneath Cinderella's castle in Tokyo, of all places, and Disney eventually shut that whole amusement ride down because of just how creeped out the guests were getting. Their objective was, let's bring them in, show them these dungeons, and it'll be scary, it'll be spooky, and then we're going to have a happy ending. But people were genuinely terrified. There was something about the energy in that castle. Some people say the one in Disneyland in California is also haunted. There's just something about Cinderella's castle that either people romanticize it or they think nothing is that perfect. Something about that place is sinister. It goes against everything Disney wanted, which is to make this castle feel like romance. Feel like you need to propose right now to your loved one in front of it. It feels like a happy ending, a fairy tale which is very interesting considering the fact that the real-life castle that Disney was inspired by, the Neuschweinstein Castle in Germany, it's got some dark past attached to it. Once upon a time, there was a mad king. His name is King Ludwig II of Bavaria. And if, if I were to be nice about it, they would call him the fairy tale king. Because he lived in his own little Delulu land. He lived in his own little fairy tale land. So two years into him becoming king, he loses this big war to Prussia. And instead of being like, hold on, let me face reality. Bavaria is going down the toilet. I lost to Prussia. Let me be strong to my subjects. He decides, no, I'm going to live in my own fairy tale. I'm still going to rule over the biggest court of all the lands. So he loses himself in building this insane castle on this rocky cliff edge. It's like, I mean, if this were a villain horror story, it would be the villain's lair. But he was like, no, I want it to feel like Prince Charming's home. Rocky cliff. We've got the towers that go up, all the stone, impenetrable defenses in case someone wants to storm it. It's going to have 200 rooms, a ballroom, a theater with a big stage for all of his court to be entertained because he is the greatest king of all. This would be the Mad King's private escape from reality. And in this castle, he would be the ultimate king. He would actually dress up in medieval royalty clothing. 
Yeah, yeah. As Bavaria, his true reality struggled with the loss of Prussia, King Ludwig continued to play make believe. So he loses himself completely in this castle. He was driven mad. He starts borrowing insane amounts of money from foreign courts, going into debt, losing sleep over which room had to be painted what. He wanted each tower to look imposing, look straight out of an episode of Game of Thrones. And the fellow men of his court realize this man is losing his mind. We are struggling and the king, the king is playing dress up on his cliffside castle. They decide he can rule no more. He was deemed unfit to rule by his own personal psychiatrist, diagnosed with madness, dethroned, and he was evicted from his precious castle. Three days later, he was found mysteriously dead. Hmm. It's suspected he was either murdered or he was a murderer. The king of Bavaria was found dead in the lake next to a psychiatrist who had defensive wounds all over his body. It was clear that the psychiatrist was killed, but what about the king? Did he kill his psychiatrist before ending his own life? Was it an accident or were they both killed? Was King Ludwig really even mad? I guess we're never gonna really know the answers to these questions, but just weeks after King Ludwig's death, the castle was open for tourists. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, since that, that quick, that quick. And since then, it has become one of the biggest tourist attractions in the whole world. More than 61 million people have visited this castle. More than 1.3 million people visit this castle annually. During the summer months, you can expect to see about 6,000 visitors per day because they just want to look at the true real life Cinderella castle, the fairy tale castle. I mean, it's beautiful. Despite its kind of sordid history, it's really pretty. I mean, you go up this massive cliff. I mean, typically with a tour guide, the best view of the castle is from this bridge that's like 200 feet in the air, suspended over the cliff. There's like waterfalls. There's a ravine. It, it's really breathtaking. I mean, just looking at the pictures. And then you see this castle with grayish exterior, these circular towers and intricate balconies, detailings, the windows, everything feels like CGI magic. You just can't picture that there were humans that came and built this castle on the cliffside. Think Cinderella's castle at Disney, but a hundred times bigger and on a rocky cliff. It's mysterious. It's imposing. It's breathtaking. I mean, how did they build it? And in 2023, the romantic Cinderella castle would be back in the news. Not because of Disney, not because of an alleged haunting, but because an Asian American tourist was allegedly sexually assaulted and murdered at the real life Cinderella castle by a man who was just really into Asian women. As always, full show notes are available at RottenMangoPodcast.com. This was a highly requested case that I've been trying to cover for, I want to say, a few months. I hoped that there would be a bit more information as time progressed, but it appears that this is just what we know so far, and we're waiting for a trial to happen in Germany. But as always, I'm interested in hearing your thoughts down in the comments. So with that being said, let's get started. 
When I was in high school, I had this ritual every day after coming home from school. I would grab a salty snack, sit down, watch my favorite mystery drama on TV. And recently, I discovered the adult version of that, which at the end of the workday, I grab salt and vinegar chips, snuggle up on the couch, and I play June's Journey. June's Journey is a hidden objects mystery game that makes me feel like I'm living inside of a mystery TV show that is very immersive. You play as Detective June Parker, and you just found out that your sister and husband were murdered. This is a fictional story. So you fly from London to New York to investigate, but the clues are just not adding up. So you get to go through these series of scenes from the mansion living room to a lavish garden to a 1920s style New York cafe. In each room, you have to find hidden objects that help you solve the mystery of your sister's death. And in the meantime, a whole lot of unexpected just scandalous twists are going to happen. There's family secrets, danger, there's romance. I love traveling all over the world with June. Currently, I'm exploring Paris in the 1920s. Because the game is set in the 1920s, it just has the most aesthetic game design ever, and it's so cozy. Whenever I need a break from the suspense, I can pause the story and head over to my private island. Yeah, they give you a private island and you get to customize it however you want for you. I love cottage core mixed with that old money vibe with a huge mansion and a luxurious garden and even like this train rail. June's journey is the best way to unwind at the end of a long day or just to take a break in the middle of the day when I feel overwhelmed. I can escape all of my problems and turn into Detective June. Discover your inner detective when you download June's journey for free today on iOS and Android. I love meal deliveries. In fact, I love everything about having my meals delivered straight to my doorstep, except the delivery fees. That's why I signed up for the Dash Pass, an exclusive membership from DoorDash that lets you make an unlimited amount of fee-free orders for eligible orders. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, groceries from across town, or anything in between, the Dash Pass can get you $0 deliveries and lower service fees on eligible orders. That means you can easily save money at your favorite restaurants and grocery stores. The Dash Pass practically pays for itself in two orders on average. The math is mathing. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, and all of this for only $9.99 a month. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for Dash Pass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. The bridge overlooking the Cinderella castle was already packed. I mean, even though it's Wednesday, June 13th at 11 a.m., there are people shoulder to shoulder on that bridge waiting in line to try and get a picture with the castle. There were as many phones up there as there were faces in the crowd. So amongst them, there's two Asian-American women. We've got 21-year-old Eva Liu and 22-year-old Kelsey Chang. So they're patiently waiting to get on this bridge. I mean, this is the main bridge that tourists will go on to see the castle. There are hiking trails around here, around the castle, but this is the best place for views. This is the best place for pictures, this main bridge. People will take turns squeezing past each other just to try and take a picture. Even if there's a million tourists in the background of your photo, it's just that good. And then maybe when they're done taking that picture, they just take a second to stare at this castle. It was everything that everyone online said it would be. It was a million times more beautiful in real life. 
So Eva and Kelsey, they start walking around this area. They're taking in the fresh, sharp mountain air, taking pictures, hearing all these tourists giggling and talking in all these different languages. I mean, the energy there that day particularly was very heartwarming. Everyone just wanted to see a real life castle. There's nothing tense about the situation. I mean, everyone's having a good time. There's families, there's kids. So Eva and Kelsey, they start walking around looking for the perfect shot of this castle. And they hear this voice. You girls American? The girls turn around and this man, I mean, I don't know how to say this nicely, but this man looks like the poster child for an American man. I'm an American. I was born here. So can I say that? Um, You know how Europeans say that they can sense their spidey senses can, can, their spidey senses start tingling when there's like an American tourist, even a mile away. They can spot one out in the crowd like that. That was this guy. He's wearing a baseball cap, jeans, t-shirt. He has a goatee and a big smile on his face. Everything about him is just American, super American. They turn around and they say, yeah, we are, we're American. So cool, me too, I'm from Michigan. So he's like striking up this conversation with them and I'm sure they're bouncing it back politely. Oh, very cool, we've never been to Michigan. And the three start engaging in this conversation. It does seem like the man was the one that kept it going, but he wasn't creepy about it. He wasn't like, oh, what what hotel are you staying at? He wasn't asking all these intrusive questions. He just seemed really excited to meet another American while he was abroad, which is the thing. Like when we were in Switzerland, we were really, my dad was so excited to see a couple staying at our hotel because they were Korean. We've never met this couple before. We don't know the first thing about this couple, but he's talking to them as if we were a long lost family friends. So it's very interesting when you're traveling, you build, you build this like sense of companionship with someone that's from the same country as you just because they're from the same country as you. So the girls, they're engaging in the conversation and there is again, nothing alarming about this man. He seems very nice. He's also super knowledgeable about Germany in general. He seems well-traveled. He's telling them all the hottest local spots to grab food. He wasn't even suggesting, oh, why don't we go after? He's like, oh yeah, if you guys have time tomorrow, you should check out this place. It was just a genuine conversation. And then he says, hey, do you guys want to see the castle from another viewpoint? The bridge is usually the tourist spot, but like literally right over there, there's a really clear part of the trail where it just has the best view. It's kind of like a local secret. Last time I was up here, a local showed me. At first, the girls are kind of hesitant, but they look around. It's broad daylight. There are kids shouting. There are families taking pictures. I mean, like I said, there's on busy days, 6,000 people visiting this tourist site in a single day. Everyone has their phone just left, right, Anything that's going to be caught on camera is going to be caught on camera here. It's one of the biggest tourist spots in the country, and this man has been nothing but normal and nice to them. Besides, if he's not that nice, they could easily call for help or run. There's a lot of people. So they go. They go with the man, and he starts taking them around the trail. And this trail has a bit of a curve that they hit. And it's got a lot of these overgrown, heavy trees. It, It was a moment where it's kind of, they're getting out of sight from the tourist. It's kind of hard to make out what's in front of you, what's behind you because of the curvature of the trail. So technically the area is surrounded by mountains and sharp cliffs, but it's actually really safe. Um, It just kind of feels dangerous because we're scared of heights. No fatal accidents have occurred by the castle or surrounding the castle or even on the trails near the castle. Everything is very clearly marked. It's easy to keep a safe distance from any cliff sides or steep ravines. Very, very easy. 
So this is around 2.30 to 2.40 p.m. that they start making their way down the trail with this man. And somewhere along this trail, the man's demeanor completely changes. He goes from being the nice guy next door to just a monster. I don't know how else to say it. Kelsey was walking a little bit ahead and she heard a scream, turned around to see the man trying to violently assault, presumably sexually assault Eva. Trying to save her friend, Kelsey runs over, pull, tries to pull this guy off of her best friend and for a second it works because he's now backed off from Ava. His hands are in the air, but he doesn't run off. Kelsey's hoping, okay, now he's going to know that we're going to scream, we're going to shout, people are going to come and help us. He doesn't back off. Instead, he turns all of his attention to Kelsey now, puts his hands around her neck, starts choking her and pushing her, basically choking and walking her closer and closer till he gets to the cliff's edge and then he flings her over the 165-foot drop. 165 feet is like throwing someone off the 17th floor balcony. Wow. The scarier part is this is a rocky cliffside. She could land on a sharp rock or a pile of them. I mean, she could keep falling down further. It's not, it's not like the bottom is 165 feet away. This is a very, very, very tall cliff. It's worse than a 17-story building. So the man turns to Ava, who's trying to fight him off with everything that she has. She's completely scratching up his face, getting his DNA under her nails, but also leaving him with these bright red streaks just across his cheeks, his forehead. But once he was done with her, and it's not confirmed, but it's presumed that he either tried or did essay her. When he was done, he threw her 165 feet off the cliff as well. A complete stranger thought that it was his God-given right to use a woman for pleasure and throw two women off the cliff when he was done with them. So when news starts spreading of this case, people are pissed off. People are so pissed off at the audacity of this guy. They start going online and saying, okay, well, if it's an eye for an eye, someone throw this man off a cliff. And I completely understand the concept of an eye for an eye, right? A life for a life. But what if... What if the two lives are not equal to begin with? That is the question that a lot of netizens have been having with this case. Troy Bowling is the man that we're talking about. He was known in his neighborhood for walking his cat on a leash. It is unclear if the cat liked it or not. Yeah, we don't know. You can do that? Um, I googled it. It said that most cats don't enjoy it. But you can train them when they're very young to walk on a leash. Oh, fascinating. It's fascinating, yeah. But that was pretty much what the 30-year-old man's favorite pastime was, was going out in Lincoln Park, Michigan, where he lives with his brother, and walking his cat. And we don't really know much else about this guy. Everyone said, you know, he's quiet. He minded his own business. I mean, apparently, not a single neighbor was like, oh, that's cool, you walk your cat. Nobody even talked to him. They were like, he just didn't seem that approachable. But he didn't seem mean. Like, we're not, not approaching him because he's evil and terrifying and violent. We just thought, what an interesting guy. He always just stayed in the house with his brother. If you did pass him on his little catwalk, he just wouldn't make eye contact with you. <laughs> it was weird. Like, you know how you walk and you're like, okay, we should make eye contact now so we can, like, wave and, like, do the whole neighbor thing? Yeah, no, he, he didn't, never made eye contact. And then sometimes you just wouldn't see the guy for weeks at a time. I mean, nobody knew if he's in the house, out of the house, never lived in the house. It's weird. So yeah, we don't know what he was up to. 
That's what the neighbors are saying. But we know what he was up to. He was arrested briefly in 2016 on embezzlement charges, but eventually those charges were dismissed. And the rest of his free time, a lot of his close friends said that he spent playing Dungeons and Dragons. And also, he would tell a bunch of Asian women that he met online how much he likes Asian women. Don't even get me started on this, okay? So a woman from Thailand, let's call her Cece, Cece said that she and Troy met online while they were playing a video game and they just started hitting it off. He seems like a nice guy. He seems really genuine. It was just this cute online friendship and nothing more. They were texting every day, but that was it. And Troy was actually texting her the whole time that he was up in the mountains. So he had texted her prior to trying to assault and throw two women off of a cliff. She said, I never saw the red flags. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking. The day of on that mountain, he was sending me pictures of himself on the mountain. He also told me about a random dream that he had last night. The text read, I had a dream that I was sleeping in the room and wanted to open the window to get a breeze. But it was too loud outside. And for most of it, I was watching my body and I wasn't in my body, if that makes any sense. He texted her that while he was climbing up the mountain. And then he texted her, I climbed it. It went about 328 feet, only tree roots and branches for stepping and grabbing. Then he sent her another ominous picture. It was two people kneeling in a small area that seems really secluded that's overlooking the castle. And he texted, now I get to sit here and look at these two try and get the perfect Insta. So it's actually speculated that this is him scouting out locations that were secluded and easier to assault people in. He's filling Cece in on his very, quote, normal day, right to the point where he tries to murder two Asian women. And one of the last things that I thought about when I was researching Eva Lu was Cinderella. Because, you know, this is all happening at the Cinderella castle. And I mean that with the utmost respect it's, it's not about fairy tales, it's not about love, but she really just didn't feel like she needed a Prince Charming. That's like what I just kept getting from her story. Eva was the type of person that she knew what she wanted at a young age and worked nonstop ever since she was a kid to get to that point. She only counted on herself. She had this twin sister named Alice, and the two of them would do everything together. They would run around terrorizing their parents. Um, I'm kidding. But apparently they were these really cute, well-behaved kids. They're identical twins. They would wear the same clothes. They played the piano, and they had this party trick where one of them would play with their left hand, and the other one would play with their right hand, and they just had opposite personalities. Alice said that she was super shy, and Eva was the one that always encouraged her to Get out there. Go talk to people. Like, live a little. They grew up in Canada before moving to the U.S. And eventually, Eva would actually work her way into one of the most prestigious programs in the country. She studied computer science at the University of Illinois, which is ranked fifth in the nation for computer science programs. The first four being MIT, Stanford, Berkeley, and Carnegie Mellon. Wow. It, I mean... It's so impressive. Like the amount of things that Eva was able to balance during her life, she would study all day during the weekends. She would volunteer at church. One time her sister walked in on her in the dorm room. There were two girls in Eva's room, one on the desk, one on the bed. Eva is tutoring the one on the desk right before her exam. And the other friend was having a mental breakdown on the bed. And Eva was alternating between helping one friend solve a mathematical equation and then turning around and trying to console her friend that everything was going to be okay. She's doing all of this while maintaining her studies and excelling. 
So she graduates from the University of Illinois and she secures a full-time position at Microsoft as a software engineer, which is insane. Like that's really impressive to have right out of college. She was going to start this year, July 2023. And between May, which is when she graduates, she's got the month of June. She's got most of the month of June before she gets into her first corporate job. And she's thinking, okay, why don't I do something crazy? Because once I get into this job, it's going to be years of me trying to climb the corporate ladder or trying to find my passion. This is my chance to be free. So she talks to one of her best friends who also just graduated, Kelsey Chang, and they decide, let's do a Europe trip. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's not really crazy because they earned it. They worked their asses off to get through school and they secured their future spots. And now they're just going to spend three weeks seeing the world. I mean, when else are they going to do this? Which, side note, Eva and Kelsey were really safe travelers. Not that it would matter even if they weren't because it doesn't matter. Like, that's just victim blaming. But just to preface, they really were. So they were the type to not stay out after dark. They would review and plan their itinerary really well. They were constantly aware of their surroundings and really only headed to popular, populated, touristy spots. Again, nothing would have changed if they hadn't been doing that. But I'm just stating. So the first stop was Budapest, then Vienna, Prague, and now Germany was their last leg of the tour before they went home, which apparently Munich is one of the prettiest cities in all of Europe. They say that the architecture is breathtaking, the streets are beautiful, there's there's parks, scenery, lakes, forest, there's all these little cafes and shops around the city center. But more than that, it's internationally known as one of the safest cities for female tourists. So again, they're like, okay, this is kind of perfect because we're two girls traveling on our own. One of the last things that they wanted to do on this trip was visit the famous Cinderella castle. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. June 13th, 2023. Eric Abernary from New York City. So this is a man from New York City. He was at the castle too. And he had never seen anything like this castle. Like, hear him out. The Brooklyn Bridge, beautiful. But this this castle is something else. And the bridge that he's on soaking in the sight of this beautiful castle, it was insane. And then all of a sudden, he sees this red, bright red helicopter just swarming, doing circles. He's like, that's weird. That's really weird. It's getting closer and closer and closer. What are they looking for? So he and other tourists, they start looking under the bridge, over the bridge. They're like, what is this helicopter doing here? And it's very loud. So people start rushing over. Suddenly the castle that they all wanted to take pictures of, meaningless. Now they want to know what's going on. What is it a mountain climber? Is it some sort of animal? Did someone fall? Eric starts scanning his eyes along the river at the foot of the mountain. And he sees two young women just on the ground. They look closer to teenagers than anything. One of them was moving but hanging onto a tree. So it looks like she was stuck in a tree or landed on a tree. The other one was laying motionless on the ground. So the crowd, they start dispersing. They start whispering in their own native languages since they're all tourists. And the red helicopter is loud trying to circle the area nonstop. Rescuers are coming down on rope being lowered into the dense tree-lined rocky cliff. It looked like they were sending down a claw machine. Just trying to catch something, going up, failing, trying to go back down. It was weird. So the rescue mission for the two women, I mean, it was very difficult. The terrain is dangerous. It's impossible for normal police forces to go in and get them. So special Alpine rescue missioners were used. And people were wondering, like, do you think the girls fell? Do you think they slipped? Didn't someone lure them over there? I felt like I saw someone go over there with them. When one of the girls was being lifted onto the helicopter, the rest of the tourists could see she was moving. Thank God she was alive. And she was actually on the phone in that moment. Kelsey would call Eva's twin sister and say, Alice, he threw us off the cliff. While Kelsey was being rescued on a stretcher, she called Eva's twin to tell her that the man, the man pushed them both off the cliff and he had been trying to assault Eva. So that man was Troy Bowling. He was not that hard to catch. All exits out of the tourist spot were shut off immediately. 25 emergency vehicles were sent to the scene. I'm talking cars, helicopters, sniffer dogs, like everything. A lot of netizens speculate that Eva actually helped in catching their perpetrator. His face was bright red with all of these wounds from Eva. And it, it was pretty easy to pick him out from the crowd. And he was about to be charged with homicide. Kelsey had survived the fall, so she she had fallen onto a tree. Now, even though she fell 165 feet, just like Eva had, because she fell on a tree at an angle, it softened the impact and helped her survive. She was responsive when the rescuers got to her. She was able to talk, able to communicate. This is kind of a crazy miracle. Falling nearly 165 feet, Kelsey only had minor injuries. Wow. A few bruises and scratches, as well as bleeding from like a shallow injury to her head. But other than that, Kelsey was okay. Eva landed just a few feet away from her friend. So nearly in the same spot, but she landed flat on the ground. There was no tree there to break her fall. And that would literally be the difference between life or death. 
We're not sure the extent of Eva's exact injuries, but she was unresponsive when rescuers arrived, and she would pass away the night of at only 21 years old. She stayed at the hospital morgue while her family flew in from across the world to be with her. They just wanted to bring her body back home. So the family, they flew to Germany, flew back to the U.S. with Eva on Father's Day, June 18th, 2023. Eva's father said it was the most painful Father's Day of his entire life. And the worst part, the more painful part, is that German prisoners probably live better lives than the average free American citizen. Prisoners in Germany live in rooms. They look more like hotel rooms rather than prison cells. They sleep in proper beds, so not concrete bunk beds with mattress pads thrown on top. Guards at German prisons are advised to knock before going into prisoners' rooms. They have privacy. They don't have just bars. If prisoners are hungry, they can walk to the communal kitchen and cook their own meals. They get paid for work. They have opportunities to leave the prison and hang out with their family, learn skills, get an education. They can even decorate their little hotel room. That's where he's at right now? Yeah. It said German prison cells look more like maybe dorm rooms at liberal arts colleges. You get phones in your, hot- in your hotel cell so that you can call anyone at any time that you want. You can even call the media if that's what you want. You get forks and knives like real forks and knives. I mean, it honestly doesn't even sound like a prison. And I do just want to disclaim something. I think the U.S. prison system is not great at all. I mean, I've been pretty vocal about wanting to learn more about the system in general and how it targets the underprivileged. And clearly Germany is doing something all right since they have lower crime rates than the U.S. They have less reoffending criminals. But for this case in particular, a lot of netizens were angered that an American tourist killed two American citizens abroad. He should face American prison. Yeah, yeah. Why, why is he not here? Because the crime took place in Germany and there is no plan to extradite him to the U.S. Wow. Now, a lot of netizens are just really pissed off about all of this. I mean, the idea that he tried to kill two successful, hardworking women that would have been incredible figures in their communities, workplaces, and even just in society, just because he felt like it was his right to, just because he felt like he could and that he was above them somehow and he could just discard them like that as if like they're objects. So after all of that, He's going to be decorating his little hotel cell with construction paper art and eating snacks on his foam mattress bed while chatting on the phone. That's crazy. I mean, the idea of that to a lot of netizens was insane. A lot of netizens demanded he be brought back to the U.S. so he could be tried for murder and potentially face the death penalty here since Germany won't do that for him. Most people that are sentenced to life in prison for murder in Germany, they get out in 15 to 20 years. People argued, even if he were to be in the U.S. and get the death penalty, how is this a life for a life if the two lives aren't even equal to begin with? But as of right now, Troy Bowling is being held in Germany in prison on suspicion of murder, attempted murder, and attempted sexual assault. Germany also has really intense privacy laws when it comes to court cases, so we can kind of assume that's why we just don't have as much information on this case. But the U.S., I will say, once they found out Troy Bowling's name, journalists swarmed his family home trying to get information from his family members. One German reporter stated that when they went to Troy's mom and asked her a comment on the incident, she claimed, my son wasn't even in Germany. 
She pretended confused as if the whole thing was just a silly little situation of mistaken identity, which of course added fuel to the fire. I mean, more people wanted to know who is this lady? What was she thinking? What kind of son did she raise? Is she part of the problem? So she knew it was him. Okay, that's what was reported. It was actually not the truth. The statement that she actually gave to the German reporter was, we have to find out what happened so we won't comment. And somehow it got really twisted in these uh, news reports. And now it's kind of like this belief that his mom was going around like, what are you talking about? My son wasn't in Germany. Mm. Yeah. Now, a lot of discourse around this case has been around the fetishization of Asian women. Since apparently Troy told Cece from Thailand that he was into Asian women, the two women that he attacked and one that he killed was Asian. So it made sense to a lot of netizens. I mean, the connection, right? But here's what I find fascinating about this case. Which, side note, apparently he also told Cece that he was too logical and too private of a person to make friends and build connections. Listen, anytime someone tries to convince you that they're too logical, like run the other way. He portrayed himself to be this workaholic with a strict discipline schedule. I don't know. It's just weird. But this is the fascinating part, right? Everyone said that he was never overly creepy. Everyone. People were tracking down old classmates, ex-girlfriends. Everyone said, you know, he's not overly friendly, but he wasn't creepy by any means. An old classmate of his said, I remember he had very few friends and he just wasn't the type of person that you would go out of your way to have a conversation with because it just wouldn't go anywhere. He's a bit odd, very closed off, but never seemed like an angry kid, never showed any violent tendencies that I can recall. I mean, he was just quiet. Another classmate said, yeah, I mean, nothing spectacular. And what's fascinating is not that people didn't realize that he had a hidden side of him or that they were blindsided or shocked. It's the fact that most of the people speaking out weren't Asian. Okay, Mm. hear this theory out. So his ex-girlfriend came out and said that he was totally normal. She said, I just can't think of a time where he was even mean. I can't even think of a time where he was rude or hurtful or disrespectful. Like, it's mind-boggling to me that that happened because he was never violent. He was just this quiet, shy guy. Side note, none. Like, none of these people are defending Troy. Nobody is arguing that what he did is horrendous. They're just giving stories of him since that's what journalists were digging for. So this has nothing to do with them, but it is fascinating because a big part of Asian women fetishization is that Asian women to a lot of these guys are not seen as humans. So these men are typically known to treat women of their race with a lot of respect, but they almost treat Asian women like sex dolls. Yeah, I just don't imagine someone can flip a switch and just toss someone off the cliff. Yeah, What a... What an action to take. He didn't snap. It's not even like just punching someone, right? Throwing someone off the cliff. What kind of, right? That's, that is crazy. Yeah, so that's why I think, don't you think it's a little fascinating? The right. way that people are saying, no, he wasn't even violent. And I think it's, no, because you weren't the demographic mm. in which he felt these urges. And that's why these like fetishes, they're dangerous. They're scary. He just probably didn't see Asian women as humans. Um, That's really a big part of the discourse around Asian women being fetishized. They're often seen as objects. Like there's this narrative ingrained in culture that Asian women are submissive, that they'll do whatever you want. They're soft. They don't mind doing domestic chores. They live to please. 
And there are some wild forums out there where men will talk about all these women, and I'm not saying that they're very respectful, but like the ones that have these fetishes, when it comes to talking about Asian women, I swear it's some of the most vile stuff that you will ever see. There was this one guy who posted on a forum. He's posting about his own daughter, okay? This is a white man posting about his own daughter. His daughter is Asian? Half Japanese because his wife is Japanese, right? His own flesh and blood. And he wrote in the forum about how his daughter is a, quote, geisha fuck doll. And he is contemplating assaulting her. His own daughter. Another forum had a man asking, like, full sincerity. He's like, no, genuinely, I just need help. Like, hand to my heart. I have a genuine question. Please take me seriously. Can I still be a white supremacist if I want to sleep with East Asian women? What? Yeah. Huh. What a question. Well, yeah, wh- but he was like so genuine. Like, oh, guys, I'm really confused about this. Huh. In a separate forum, there was a an article titled 12 Commandments Asian Women Must Follow When Dating White Masters. And it included, and it was not limited to, never sleeping with anyone other than the white master, especially never other Asian men or black men. Also, if the Asian woman ever gets sick, gains weight, or loses her youth, or stops being obedient, they can be sold off or sent back to China or wherever they came from. So I just think it's a little fascinating. In other cases, you know, people are saying things like, oh, I had no idea since he was so nice. And I'm like, yeah, well, you really never know when people do crazy things. You never know what they're thinking behind closed doors. But this one, a lot of the discourses it just, it doesn't seem like he was that good at hiding himself. Just all the people coming out saying that he was nice were not Asian women. So we genuinely don't know if he had been terrorizing Asian women his whole life. Mm-hmm. We don't know. And then another part of the discourse was, it's not even about Asian women. It's just the audacity. Like a lot of women were so pissed because Eva worked so hard to get to where she was. And a man decided, hey, you know what? I'm just going to throw them off a cliff because I'm not getting what I want from their bodies. How do you get to a point where you, that even makes sense in your head? So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see how this plays out in Germany. During Eva's funeral, Alice, her twin sister, gave a really touching speech about how, how much Eva has been there for her. She had always been looking out for her and even provided financial support for her sister. Even they're the same age, they're twins. And she said, Alice, go go focus on school. If you're stressed about money, I can work. I can send you money. I just want you to do well. Alice said, I've grown very accustomed to knowing that Eva will always be there for me. And at the risk of sounding like I'm in denial, I know she will always be there for me. A close friend of Eva said, life is a bit darker right now. Eva had a big heart, bigger heart than just about anyone I've ever met, but I'm finding comfort in knowing that she's still here. She lives on in Alice and in her family and in her family members. And love doesn't go away because a person goes away. And that is the crazy story of the recent murder that took place at the real life Cinderella castle. What are your thoughts? I mean, this one, I genuinely was at such a loss for words while I'm researching because I mean, what can I say that hasn't already been said, right? What are your thoughts? Please leave it in the comments. And I will see you guys on Wednesday for the main episode.
拜。